Yes, you're listening to Law and Gospel on this August the 10th in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. It's a Monday, which means we're taking a look at a reading for the following Sunday, the 11th Sunday after Pentecost, which is on August the 16th. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah 56. The epistle is from Romans, and the Holy Gospel is from Matthew 15. We're going to take a look at the Gospel for today, because one of the things I find is that there are many passages that appear to contradict Lutheran theology. And this certainly seems to be one a woman comes to Jesus, is asking for help. Uh, she's not of Israel. She is a Gentile. And Jesus says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Wow. He kind of ignores her. So we need to take a better look at this passage to see what is really going on. It's Matthew chapter 15, verses 21 to 28. Verse 21 says, Jesus, <coughs> excuse me, Jesus went away from there and withdrew to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Now, you really need to understand why Jesus left that area. And that is found earlier in the chapter. In fact, it's chapter 15 that begins with the scribes and Pharisees from Jerusalem complaining to Jesus why his disciples transgress the tradition of the elders, the ceremonial laws, for they do not wash their hands when they eat bread. Jesus says to them, Why do you also transgress the commandment of God? Because of your tradition. And gives an example where children are to give money to the temple instead of helping the needs of their parents. And Jesus ends up in verse 6, Thus you have made the commandment of God of no effect by your tradition. And then he quotes from Isaiah chapter 29. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, and in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. In fact, because many of the Jewish religious leaders believe that you're going to heaven by your works, they had hundreds of ways in which you keep the Sabbath day. And these were commandments of men not commandments of God. And so Jesus begins with a parable, which we have learned is a comparison. 
Not what goes into the mouth defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. And the disciples, Peter particularly, says, explain this parable to us. Jesus says, are you also still without understanding? Do you not yet understand that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and is eliminated? But those things which proceed out of the mouth come from the heart, and they defile a man. For out of the heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornication, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. These are the things which defile a man. But to eat with unwashed hands does not defile a man. Now, the reason I went into these previous verses is it's very important to understand how Jesus then treats this woman who comes to him after he leaves the area where so many are criticizing him They draw near him with their mouth, but their heart is far from him. So, verse 21, Then Jesus went out from there, departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And it's verse 22, Where a woman of Canaan, therefore she's not of Israel, she's a Gentile, came from that region And cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, it's important to recognize that it sure sounds that she's drawing near to Jesus, honoring him with her lips. But where is her heart? And Jesus answers her not a word. He's silent. In fact, the disciples came and urged him, send her away, for she cries out after us. They're considering her to be a real problem because it's kind of an embarrassment. Jesus has not done this to anybody else. In fact, later on, multitudes come to him, and he heals all the sick. You don't hear him saying to any of them, No, I have come only to those of the house of Israel. He answers her not a word. And that's when the disciples came and begged him, saying, Send her away for she is crying out after us. Now, it's important to note that she was crying to Jesus. That doesn't mean just weeping, but she was with a loud voice speaking and asking him for help, which means she was doing that from a distance. In other words, as a Gentile, She did not want to impose on Jesus by coming up to him like some Israelites had done, touching his garment 
in order that their prayers would be answered. Very, very interesting. He doesn't answer her a word. The disciples are really upset over her. Send her away, for she is crying out after us. Does the church ever send someone away? Oh, yes, they do. They do when, though they may be with their mouth praising Jesus, their heart does not. I know of a congregation that had an individual in it, and when the congregation decided to go from the common cup for communion to individual glasses as each person communed, he would stand at the back of the door when people left and tell them that this is no longer a Christian congregation because they are not using the common cup. And he refused to stop talking. What the church had to do was go to the authorities and get a rule where he was not permitted to come within so many feet of the church. He, he would not stop saying that they were not receiving the Lord's Supper, when, of course, they were. There's an example where he may have been singing the hymns, he may have saying, been saying the creed, but, wow, his heart wasn't with God. And then, of course, there are those who are excommunicated. But an excommunicated person is still allowed back into the church to hear the sermons and the Bible studies. And perhaps through them, they will repent of the sin which got them excommunicated and be back in the church. So, sometimes a person has to be removed from the Lord's Supper. In fact, almost a quarter of my congregation, when I was there for 28 years, did not commune. A quarter of them. I'm talking about the children. Yes, until they were confirmed and had a proper understanding of the Lord's Supper, they would not have known what was going on when they received the bread and the wine, which was in, with, and under the body and blood. So, interesting to take a look at these items. All right, going on. After... The disciple says, send her away, for she is crying out after us. It's a real embarrassment. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Now, how do we understand that? Does that mean that Jesus was only sent to unbelievers who were part of Israel? I, I've got a kind of a different understanding of that. When you take a look 
at Romans 9 to 11, who is the house of Israel? The house of Israel no longer are just those who are related back to Abraham. In fact, in fact, Paul even says that. Not all Israel is of Israel. What was he saying? Well, there are people who are not of Israel who think they're part of Israel. And he makes a distinction between those who think they're of Israel because they're related back to Abraham. But he also says not all Israel is of Israel because the new Israel consists of both Jew and Gentile. There are two hymns assigned for this coming Sunday. Uh, One of them, which we'll not be looking at, is entitled, In Christ There Is No East and West, There Is No South or North. Because anybody can become a member of the house of Israel. And so one can even say, from Romans 9 to 11, that the lost sheep of the house of Israel could refer also to Gentiles who are unbelievers. And Jesus is sent to them. But he makes this point, because as we've already seen, the disciples can't even figure out what the parable means about what you eat doesn't defile you as what comes out of your mouth, your words. Well, one would say that if you're a Gentile, you go to Jesus, ask for help, and he says, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, then she would have turned away and left him. But instead, listen to verse 25. She came, so she was at a distance. She came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. How many times have you said that to Jesus? How many times have you thought that he does not help you? Verse 26, Jesus' response. And he answered, It is not right to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Very interesting. Who are the dogs? In the scripture, the dogs are the unbelievers. In fact, the Apostle Paul writes about that in Philippians 3. He begins, Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Now listen to verse 2. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, beware of the mutilation. And he's referring there to those who insist 
that Gentiles need to be circumcised. And he goes on, For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit, rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. And then he goes on and says, If I want a confidence in the flesh, namely what I've done, I was circumcised the eighth day. I was of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, concerning the law of Pharisee, and concerning the righteousness which is in the law. That is, he believed that he would be blameless if he were righteous according to the law. That's salvation in the flesh. But what things were gained to me... These I have counted loss for Christ. I count them as rubbish, that I may be found in him. Now listen to verse 9 of Philippians 3. Not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that righteousness, which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith. Wow. That's a tremendous understanding that nothing I do can make me righteous before God. I have actually received righteousness. In fact, it's the righteousness of Christ. We talk about at baptism the glorious exchange where what happens? You give God your sins, God gives you his righteousness. That's why you're going to heaven. Through faith in Jesus, you are declared righteous. So one would think, after she says, Lord, help me, after she heard that he was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And after he calls her a dog, you would think she would leave. And a proud unbeliever would leave. But remember what Jesus is doing from the previous verses. People worship me with their words, but where is their heart? Jesus is saying these things to test out her heart. And if she would be like the Pharisees and turn away and say, boy, this isn't the Messiah I thought I was looking for. And remember what the Pharisees did. They planned the crucifixion of Jesus. So what does she say instead Listen to verse 27, Matthew 15. Yes, Lord. Still calls him Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Boy, she's doing a parable now. And from Jesus' point of view, it is the evidence that she has faith. 
even the crumbs that fall from her master's table will be sufficient. And who is the master? Who is the master's table? It's Jesus. She's considering him her master. And therefore, she's willing to take even the crumbs that fall from her ta- from his table. Jesus recognizes that not only her lips, but her heart has faith. And therefore says in verse 28, O woman, great is your faith. I mean, how many times on Law and Gospel do you have to hear that the law is different from the gospel? The law gives the impression if you obey the commandments, you will be saved until you attempt to obey the commandments and find you can't obey any of them. You are not saved by obedience. But he that believes, that is where you receive the righteousness of Christ. Only Christianity teaches this. No other religion even comes close to it. That trusting, that's what faith is, trusting in the promises of the gospel. That when Jesus died, Peter says at the Pentecost sermon, you can receive the gift of the remission of sins and the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, she refers to herself as a dog. Do you ever do that? If you're in a proper worship service with a proper confession of sin, you also refer to yourself as a dog. I, a poor, miserable sinner, deserving nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. And we ask God to be merciful to us. What does it mean to be merciful? We often go through the difference between justice, grace, and mercy. If you want God to be just to you, that means you want to receive what you deserve. But in your confession that you are a dog, you say you deserve nothing but temporal and eternal punishment. You don't want God to be just in that sense. To be gracious would mean that he gives you what you do not deserve, which Peter talked about at the Pentecost sermon and the disciples and Paul spoke about, namely receiving the forgiveness of sins, the righteousness of Christ, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and a multitude of more blessings, not because you merit them, but because Jesus is the one who merited them for you. Great is your faith when your heart recognizes you do not deserve what you're asking for from God. But because of your faith, listen to his first words. Be it done for you as you desire. And Matthew includes at the end, and her daughter was healed instantly. This is another example of Jesus conducting healing 
from a distance. You think you're at a distance from Jesus when you call for help? No, you're not at a distance from Jesus. In fact, according to Ephesians, not only have you died from your sin, not only have you risen from the dead, you have also ascended to the right hand of God in Christ. And therefore, when God recognizes that your heart is one of faith, and that's because you call on him as a dog, as one who doesn't deserve any help, that's great faith. Remember, it's repent and believe. On tomorrow's Law and Gospel, we're going to take a look at a hymn that's entitled, When in the Hour of Deepest Need. And when we go through that hymn, you will see that it clearly is similar to Matthew 15 of a woman who came to Jesus asking for help and received that help from Jesus. I'm Tom Baker. I'll be with myself and Mark Smith tomorrow for when in the hour of deepest need. Until then, God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.